0: all right peter welcome to the show i'm delighted to have you here
1: yes thank you i'm glad to be here
0: yeah man it's awesome i think you're one of the first like pure texans that we have here now like first like uh, true and true unless i'm wrong but i guess you're based in texas for a long time but i think you're one of the first ones i have
1: yeah i was born in fort worth and um uh, i can i can keep the accent or i can drop it if i need to <laughs>
0: Very good, chameleon esque, as they say. (laughs) Uh, Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, and you know how you got to where you are today, and you know everything in between?
1: Yeah, so I've, I've, uh, like I said, I was born in Fort Worth, been here uh, most of my life. I worked out in the Tennessee area uh, for about 18 years, but I've been in the restaurant industry for about 39 years. Uh, I've actually been 33 years with Taco Bell now, and uh, love the brand. And I've actually done a lot of things in the industry. Uh, I've done operations, HR, operations services. Uh, loss prevention i've kind of done the gamut and uh but here i'm I'm here with north Texas bells i've been here since about 2015 and uh, my current role with them is the executive vp of operations
0: that is awesome and so are you like you're the executive so like you're responsible for all the taco bells and the wing stops you're saying as well so like all i mean what is that what is that number that's yeah i'm I'm over 92 locations yeah (laughs)
1: Yeah, so we have, yeah, you know, we we have a uh, vice presidents that operate the brands uh, that report yep. to me, um, but yeah, I do handle all operations and uh, and work with the you know the president of the company on 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 many operations and projects that we do.
0: That's awesome, and um, and I guess you know, like kind of diving into that then, like I mean, I. Uh, there's obviously so many people kind of report up to you, like they report up to your VPs that report up to like you've got the GMs and everything else in between. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of people to kind of like be responsible for, so to speak, you know, like how do you um what sort of challenges does that kind of bring you? Like uh, what kind of challenges do you see in kind of trying to run such an enormous operation?
1: Yeah, yeah I think I think it's you know, if you if you were to Google, you know, managing people or leading people you're gonna find all of the common aspects of of the the challenges one would expect. I mean, you know, making sure people are staffed, have the right number, uh, you know, having the right talent. I I think that those are the easy things to focus on, but the the challenges that I believe that the headwinds that we face in the industry is how do we develop the talent so that they can meet the needs of our company, but also meet their personal goals and, uh, you know, aspirations that they may have for their families. And being able to hold on to that talent—that's that's been the biggest thing that we're focusing on here at our company.
0: You know, it's interesting you say that um, again because I feel I I feel like I'm part therapist now in doing mm-hmm. these podcasts because I hear this a lot. But it's interesting, you know, that you're saying like the biggest priority is like the retention, like holding on to the staff, because yes. like you know, two years ago it was like staff at all costs, like we need to get these stores back up as fast as possible. We need people. To... Then immediately it became. We actually need quality people in here. We don't just, we don't need warm bodies anymore. And now we've seen the pendulum continue to shift and focus on like the retention of the staff you have and like groom those staff into potential leadership positions or clearly indicate and highlight pathways for professional development within the organization. Has that been like a shift for you or for the organization since COVID? Like did these kind of practices and policies exist kind of beforehand or is now it's, very deliberate that we need because retention is so important that we need to develop these programs
1: yeah it's a great question that you ask and i I believe that you know i think if you talk to any leader of any company they're going to speak to some level of aspiration or a goal for their people to be developed and and create opportunities for them you know our our purpose of our company is to build know-how and create opportunities and so as the as the leader of our company i'm trying to understand what is my role in that And i believe that that my journey since covid and i think you summed it up pretty well we went from you know don't have anybody to need need a bunch of people and nothing's available so the big all the pay raises were you know yeah pay rates were impacted and all of that we're kind of past that now yeah Uh, i think i would would consider uh you know operations kind of back to normal don't want to discount the impact of COVID on the community and 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 all the that lost their lives and everything like that so when i say we've moved on not, not just from the aspect of operations yeah but, but you know i've challenged myself um, alex to to look at it in a in a different view you know because if you if you if you talk to the hr department or 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 even networking with other people first thing they do is you know are we recruiting good people what's our benefit plans and things like that and i tell you alex it, just for kind of an awakening for myself I'm kind of looking in the mirror. I I think that, I think that people are losing people because the company that they work for doesn't have a clear articulation of what the goals of the company are. Yeah. So they struggle to, to connect you know, am I part of something bigger than me? Yeah. Uh, Because they can go make money and provide for their family anywhere. Yeah. And I think along with that, that clear vision that that a corporation has to have, you have to have a plan and you have to be able to execute it. And I think that, you know, understanding what clear actions and what milestones you want someone to achieve, along complemented by what I would like to consider you know, just a strong or a robust operating system so they can execute. Yeah. You know, if you don't have those two things, it doesn't matter who you hire, it doesn't matter how great they are or how much you paid them, they're going to go find that. And I think, I think that's kind of what I'm realizing my on my own is, is how can I provide a vision? Yeah. and how can I provide an operating uh, system that people can execute, they can win, they can they can grow in their own personal prosperity. And they can actually, you know, grow their careers. And I think I think that's the miss that a lot of people are, you know, might want to start taking a look at.
0: Well, it's interesting you say that? So that's like, it's I'll talk about vision then for a second. I mean, you know, like, it, hospitality is interesting for so many reasons why people get into it you know what has happened pre and post covid and like people sort of overarching sort of mentality for working, for working in the space in any way and i think a lot about it in terms of like defining sorry my dog barked <laughs> i'm like be quiet um the uh when i think about vision i think about like defining it like you know, ownership models and like designing ownership over a vision is something like very difficult to do because obviously, you know, you know, some companies do like equity plans, some companies do, you know, like that's like a defined, almost like articulated way of saying you can be part of the vision. But how do you like, how do you think about articulating the vision in a sort of more intangible way of like getting across the purpose of being in the organization in the first place? Like all the way from like, entry level sort of server to GM to, uh, you know, regional director to VP to you. like, how does that like vision articulate itself? How do you think about that?
1: Well, I, th- I think, I think, I, th- I think I understand what you're asking. I think here at our company, <clears throat> you know, our business to is to inspire support and develop people. And, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean just the people that work for us. It could be vendors yep. that we come in contact with, but I think it's all encapsulated, you know, in, in, in the, our purpose about building know-how and creating opportunities but you know uh, you know that's on a wall in our office it's it's just discussing orientation you know yeah. those things that, that's all about just you know putting the sticker on their folder you know that's just letting them know what it is the bigger challenge is how do you how do you live it every day how do you communicate it every day how do your actions you know, illustrate those, those purposes and those, you know, uh, the, the vision that you yeah. have, because it's easy to, it's easy to fall on deaf ears. You know, you stand in front of it, you know, get up on stage and talk about and pontificate this wonderful vision you have. Yeah. And then, and then the next week they see you doing something different, you know?
0: Yeah. How do you hold yourself? Well, in mean, general yeah, there you go. And that was what I was going to say. So like, it's a kind of like an accountability you know all of like continuously putting in the reps so to speak to re-articulate day and day out by actions and by words like what senior leadership are doing and want to get them, kind of get that point across um it's interesting i think about that a lot because it's kind of like not just the within the purview of like hospitality like you said like i mean it's like great leadership one-on-one is communicating the values and the mission to the organization and trying to solicit buy-in as best as possible um i find the challenge in hospitality is making sure that happens because some people see it as a first job some don't see it as a career others see it as a career and so you have a mishmash of sort of personal ambitions within the organization in and of itself like as in where people see that kind of future um and i guess my question to you then is like because it becomes like question of like identifying the right talent to like move forward in your business like how do you think about identifying the best kind of talent to move into GM, you know, regional director or whatever sort of hierarchy you have? Like, how do you think about that? What do you look for in those people?
1: Well, obviously, uh, you know, that you hit it on the head. I mean, our, our business, while it may seem simple, when I started in this business back in, uh, you know, I guess it was the, you know, late eighties, it, you know, the, it was simple. We, you know, person walked in, we, we gave them the food, they gave us the money. And even that was even before credit cards you know so it's, it's a simple <laughs> transaction right well now with the growth of digital the uh you know the the you have you have people ordering on app applications uh they either and then they come and pick it up or you have people ordering on the application for delivery you have third party delivery and yeah. uh, you have all this digital growth it's created a challenge running a restaurant is not what it used to be you know 25 years ago so so back to your question what kind of person are you looking for Uh, you know, we've always had a saying here at our company, if, if I can just find someone who has a desire to listen and grow and they're willing to show up every day, we can teach them this business and we can make them successful. So when we're, when we're interviewing people, we're trying to determine, do they, do they have the willingness to come to work every day? And yeah. do they have the desire to learn and because i that's i i have to give credit to a couple of people in my life you know uh I, I mean i was blessed to have a couple of people tell me you know hey what are you doing you know you need to be doing this and and i yeah. I, I don't think they may not they may not ever be seen in a mentor book on their uh their tactics <laughs> you know but your written
0: book your written rules exactly
1: but the tactics uh you know they worked and, and but it, it, so i always uh someone gave me some feedback one time that i like to give the credit to them for providing me information that i can act on yeah but but the the feedback i received was is that's great that you had that but the bigger part was you were willing to listen and make changes and grow yeah and, uh, you know so that was a uh, a big, big learning for me but but it, you are it's difficult to find good talent that that's willing to to listen you know and take feedback
0: Well, that's the thing. And I guess it's like creating, it goes back to creating that culture that comes from the top, which is like being able to articulate that that's part of one of the core missions and values within the organization in and of itself. And then your GMs and your directors really reinforcing that, which hopefully then reinforces it to the actual like on the ground staff themselves, like your frontline workers. Um, I mean, if we go back to the retention thing, you know, because it kind of all plays into like retention, which is like, you know your company priority and let me tell you you ain't alone with that i feel like i hear this from every single person that it's like we are now in the era of retention you know i am always curious about like how to spot and really groom like the great people you know because like clearly you've had it because like you were saying like this is like how you started yourself and i find like you know you find the lifers um and like how to spot like lifers and like what is it that makes somebody in your mind, like a great GM of like a Taco Bell or like a Wingstop? Like what makes that person, you know, you like you were saying, like you can teach service to people basically, you know, mm-hmm. like I, said, I can show you the cash register. I can show you, I can teach you P and L. Like we can get you an accounting course, but can I teach you to like open the door and smile or like pick the trash off the floor, or, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, what what yes. makes that person great? Like, what is what do you see, or what are your what's your philosophy behind a great GM, for example?
1: Yeah, I I think I, uh, yeah, that's a great question, and and uh, it's interesting because because I could sit here and tell you the ideal person, but then I, then I would have to ask myself, how do you go out and look for that? <laughs> yeah. you know? you know, I mean, I, 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 you know, I'd have to answer that question by starting with myself. I, you know, I think that I was, I was, I had a, I had a great, great parents. Uh, I always like to make a joke that I had I had two sets of them because they were divorced and remarried. So I had, I had a great set of, uh, four people that, that taught me how to treat people with respect. You know, I think that's something that that's an opportunity in the, in the marketplace today is just, you know, the golden rule of just treating others like you want to be treated. And, you know the question is how can you gather that and gain that insight during the interview process as to you know how they interact. You know one thing we we like to do is in, uh, with Zoom and all the other um, online um, you know uh, media formats for you know a lot, a lot of interviews now are done via Zoom. Yeah, and uh, I tell my guys that's great for screening, but you know you need to have them in the restaurant. You need to see do they walk fast. You know, do, do they, do they greet guests without you saying something? Do they go, you know, when you let them go behind the counter and, and maybe do a little realistic job preview activity, what, what, what are they doing? What are they seeing? And you're trying to gain those insights from, you know, I hate to say how they were raised, but, you know, because you can't ask those questions during an interview, but, but you're trying to figure out what are their core values on their own? Do their core yeah. values match your corporate core values?
0: Yeah. I, I, see, I, I love how it's got. Kind of, it it's love how its a challenging question to ask because like I said, everybody has a different flavor of it. Like, you know, and it's a real intangible. I think I, I the French will call it a je ne sais quoi, you know, mm-hmm. like it's in like, there's some intangible thing that like, it's hard to describe, but you know, when you see it, I think I use that phrase almost like in every episode now, you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> but it's true. I find like, this is why I love doing the podcast because I hear from like experts and leaders like yourself articulate something that is very hard to articulate. And, you know, as an organization that prides itself on sort of like the human first and foremost, like I in your Mm -hmm. business, you're in the business of humans. I mean, you're in the business of making money, but you're in the business of humans, you know? And it's like, like at the end of the day, it's like, well, how do you isolate like with the kind of core makeups of those people and then look for them? Because obviously say like, if you're like, say at your EVP level, and then you've got your what's it what's the rung below you? Is it like regional directors, or is it like uh, vice president? Vice president, mm-hmm. then directors, then the GM.
1: Directors and then area coaches. Yes, sir.
0: Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. there's like a kind of like a like a long gap there. And so you got you. So presumably the person who's below you is also a lifer, so to speak. That they've kind of found that way. So it's like, is that like kind of like the almost like the pathway, so to speak? Is that like? The people with those sort of intangibles, along with obviously being able to run a business and do the whole thing. But like that X factor is what kind of gets you kind of promoted. Is that what you're kind of, is that, that's what I'm hearing.
1: Yeah, I would say, I would agree with that. I mean, if, if you, if you cannot treat people with respect and be able to, you know, uh, and, and I don't want to say a perception, I, I, yeah. I, if you cannot convey a reality that you truly care for their well being you probably shouldn't be doing this business. You know, I, I I wake up every day and it's, it's a true pleasure to do my job, you know, I'm not saying it's easy every day. Um, and, and of course I don't have a job because there's no problems, Yeah, but, but, but I would say that, you know, I, I really, I wake up every day and I I'm excited about going to work. I'm excited about figuring out how to make, you know, uh, my RGM's life better. You know, yeah. what you've always heard about positioning the number, the RGM as the number one leader in the restaurant because they truly are the most important position in the company. Yeah. But, but what I'm trying to do right now is 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 reposition that that mindset of how can I make their life better. And and that's a that's an open book, and I don't I don't have the answers, Alex. I'm actually doing uh, roundtable discussions with my RGMs. And I yeah. got to be careful because you go out there and ask them, hey, well, how can I make your life better? Who knows what I'm going to hear, right? but but I, I want to know cuz I don't I don't know if I know their perspective. I'm I'm 54 yeah. years old, been in the business for 39 years and I'm dealing with a guy that's been doing it for 3. And yeah. He's not 54. And and you know, you have the you have the millennials and the Gen Zs and and I'm not an expert on those, but but I do know that that uh I was taught in my before we knew about Gen Zs and all those things, we knew that we had people are different and you have to yeah. understand how to how to relate and so how to you know back to how do I make the RGM's life better? How do I elevate the position? How do I improve their lifestyle? How do I grow their prosperity? Those are the types of things that I'm working on. And when I mean improve lifestyle, how do I make sure they're home to go see the kid play soccer that night? Yeah. You know, how do I make sure that they, they're able to go on their vacation? How do we make sure that we teach them what they need to be able to, you know, pay for their kid to go to college? How can we help them plan? So I'm just trying to focus on, again, elevating their position, but but more importantly, how do I make their life better?
0: So. Yeah, and I mean, it's just, it, I mean, all of that I love. You know what I mean? Like, that's amazing. And it's quite a mission for you to make that happen as well. I think, like, you know, it goes back to, was this, has this been an enormous attitude shift, like, post-COVID? Not to say that you weren't doing this before, but, like, recognizing the importance of the person more so now than ever and i say that in the sense hospitality is unique in that question because every single person in hospitality was frontline back then mm-hmm. you know what i mean like in 2020 what was open you had retail and you had restaurants Do you know what i mean yeah. like they, those were things and the business and the way the businesses were run changed yeah. like overnight yeah. you know what yeah. i mean and like you know we're now back to pre-march 2020 employment in hospitality you know what I mean? So, like, in one sense, the numbers are there that we're back and that people want to work in this space. But is there? A, has there been an attitudinal shift from leadership, do you think? And not just yourself, but, like, I would say, like, anecdotally, that, like, here you're, like, you're really emphasizing, like, the care of the employee and really making sure, like, for example, they can get to that soccer match. You know, like, that's, like, an enormous change, I would imagine. I feel like, and I think most people would kind of say, like, a shift in perspective of how the industry thinks of itself and thinks of its employees.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say that there's been a shift, uh, since COVID, but you know, I, I think that as leaders, as we continue to teach ourselves and, and continue to learn and grow our own leadership styles, I think, I think it's, you know, part of it is just, I've grown up, you know, yeah. I realize that, that as I've been chasing my own pursuit, you know, you, you have to be careful that, you know, you're not climbing the ladder by stepping on the the heads and shoulders of others, you know, yeah. I, think that, I think it's just a, uh, maybe it may be an evolution in my own mindset that, that uh, like you said, I've always cared about people, but I think now I'm making it more, you know, as I get older, I'm thinking about what legacy am I going to leave behind, uh, you know, for my, my people that, you know, you hear about the coaching trees in the NFL with the football, yeah. coach <laughs> you know, that's kind of like, like, what is my legacy that I leave behind? What, what is someone going to say, you know, to their, you know, because 30 years from now, there's going to be somebody that works for me today. That's, that's, that's talking to a, a new manager and, you know, what, what are they going to tell them? Am I going to be the guy they reference? You know, yeah. Hey, I, you know, this guy mentored me and and, I, and not, not that I don't, I'm not focusing on that from a ego perspective, but really more about what, what gift can I leave somebody, uh, you know, so they can help others, you know, because I mean, th- this business is always going to have people and, you know, how, what are we passing on? How do we pass that torch on to our leaders that are coming on board today?
0: Well, I think, you know, you've triggered a question to me now, which is kind of a fun question on that, but also like, because you're based in, outside Dallas, which is, is are you are you more inspired by Jimmy Johnson or uh, Tom Landry than like, of, of the two coaches of your of your adolescence and growing up? Which two do you think you lean more into?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you didn't ask about the current coach. Uh,
0: <laughs> so, uh, As a 49ers fan, I couldn't do it to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that's a great question. Uh, you know, I think, I think they were uh, probably different coaches, at least from an out, outward perspective, but I grew up with, like I said, I was born in 69. So I was, I was blessed to see the Cowboys back when they performed, I would say the word consistent, more consistently than they do today. Um, but yeah, I I, I would say that uh, you know, Tom Landry, I think he was uh, had a lot of, stuff going on behind the scenes and he was that stoic man on the sideline with the hat yeah you know or jimmy johnson You just it was it was coming out of his mouth uh you know so uh i, I would tell you that i'm probably a little balance in between uh, yeah you know i'm 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 a i'm a i'm a i'm a leader that provides direction i would consider myself to be very direct i would tell you that i'm i'm probably um uh, you know not as acceptable of um uh, excuses I like yeah. to consider myself. I have a I have a maniacal level of accountability.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, we all get
1: paid to do a job, and we if, if you know if we if we have to run labor, we shouldn't be talking about labor. You know what I mean? Let's talk about the bigger parts of the business. Let's not talk about yeah. the easy
0: stuff. But that's if we cool. have to talk about the easy stuff, that's my job. We'll do it. <laughs> you know, so. Well, you know that also like segues into the last question I always ask people, uh, which you know I think is nice and vague, which is what advice would you give somebody listening? to this podcast what advice i say that that as open-ended as possible
1: yeah i would say never stop uh learning new things and helping yourself grow i think uh, a smart leader is a growing leader and then i would also say make sure you have a clear understanding of the pulse of your organization and uh because if you don't you know, the HR department may be working on this initiative that, that that won't even have any relevance with the staff that that works for you. And I'm not I don't speak, Alex, in a perspective of I understand the pulse of my organization. I can tell you I've got my fingers on the pulse right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm trying to understand, uh, trying to elevate my own level of thinking. But I, I can tell you that that I know that the the my company is going to get better because yep. I'm working on getting better for myself.
0: You know, awesome, man. Well, that's that's actually awesome. Uh, Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was great. I, I appreciate it.